actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Uh, the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. Russia should go away. It should shut up. Um, try that. Peppa Pig world. Who's been to Pads? I believe who's been to Peppa Pig world. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, besties. What the actual fuck? Hi, besties. It's me, Jennifer Wan. This is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business. And you may have noticed I updated the theme song. Did you hear that? You wait till the end of the episode. There's a brand new closing theme song. I'm not just using the opening theme for the closing theme anymore. There's a separate one. A separate one. I know, I know. Uh, so I added in a few of the greatest hits of our recent prime ministers. We've got a, a new chaotic moment from Liz Truss back when she was using her original voice. And we've got a little moment from Rishi Sunak, our current, for now, prime minister. Um, I was torn between that and that time he said he was a coke addict. Uh, <laughs> which I still think about all the time. Uh, I also um, brought something out from the archives, from the old theme song. Um, one of my favourite quotes from anything ever, and I, I just say it, just no context all the time. Nobody ever knows what I'm talking about, but I know. You just can't, Colin. You just can't, Colin. Honestly. <laughs> Literally the most meaningful um thing that Douglas Ross has ever and will ever say like it, it was it was the only positive thing that he has contributed um so we've got ourselves a new theme song and we've also got new new cover art for the podcast as well because I thought you know what that could use a refresh too why not why not? We're almost a hundred episodes into this show. Um, we are almost a hundred episodes in, so I thought, let's have a little refresh. Let's let's just zhuzh it up a little bit. Why not? Why not? Um so <laughs> there's been a lot going on. We're gonna talk about it. I I know what you're thinking. There's a big thing that happened this week, and yes, I'm gonna talk about it. That is coming up next. So stick around. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into everything. Grab a drink, grab a snack, get comfy, get cozy, and let's get into this. Okay, you know what I'm going to talk about. I am starting the show talking about this. But what I want to say, and I want to I want to just quickly share something that Ginny Lemon said. Ginny Lemon, uh, the one of the stars of Drag Race UK, an incredible artist. We had no choice but to stand. They said on Twitter today, I'm recording this on Saturday, 
Matt Hancock killed your grandparents, but I know you'll all be sharing memes and laughing on social media at him eating bollocks. Shame on you all for supporting it if you do watch. It's part of the problem. We're going to talk about Matt Hancock's pathetic attempts to become a celebrity by going on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. So... First off, who told this bitch that he was a fucking celebrity? Who the fuck told Matt Hancock that he is a fucking celebrity? Now, I know he has been trying to be for quite a while. Um, he, he showed up at the fucking Jingle Bell Ball in a fucking turtleneck. He, do you know what? He was the only person that looked more out of place at that event than Jesse Nelson. I, and then he was doing podcasts and interviews and shit, trying to talk of all relatable. Oh, I just, you know, I just fell in love. Trying to, trying to pretend like he was not the health secretary that, that made horrific decisions during a pandemic that led to the deaths of thousands of people, right? This is the guy, this is the guy that decided, fuck healthcare workers, they, you know, get them PPE? Well, I'm too busy going on about getting them little carers badges. Remember that? This is the guy who, when we were all under lockdown, he was having fumbles in his office, you know, breaking up his marriage, having a little affair, like he's on fucking Ashley Madison. This is the guy that, this is the guy that fucking okayed people who had COVID being released into care homes and letting that virus spread all the way around those care homes. That guy he he now wants to be a celeb. So I talked a little while ago, a few episodes back, um, he took some time away to film uh, an appearance on the TV show, uh, SAS, Who Dares Wins, right? And now he's doing it again. He's He's joined the cast of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Now, I have never watched I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I don't intend to start now. Um, but I've done it. I've, I've looked into it. Basically, what it's about is they take a bunch of people, uh, drop them in the jungle and make them eat weird shit and they have to do challenges. It's 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 like Big Brother. But if you bizarrely crossed it over with the movie Cannibal Holocaust, I guess um, I just. Who? Oh, who who told him that he should be doing this, right? Who said that? Who asked for this? Nobody. Um, so there's uh, obviously Matt Hancock. Uh, Boy George is also in the cast and, and he has his own fucking scandals that everybody seems to be ignoring. Um, th- there's some guy from the royal family. I don't... I don't know who that is. Um, It is what it is, right? So they go into the jungle and they live there and then they do challenges and some of them have got to do trials where they have to eat weird shit. Um, 
it's not for me, you know. I'm not going to shame people for watching, apart from this year. Um, <laughs> like, normally, like, normal seasons, I'd be like, okay, you know what, it's not for me, but if you enjoy it, fine. But for this this series, they they are giving a platform to somebody who massively failed in their duty to the British public, causing so much death. And and we're supposed to now just sit and watch this guy eating. Apparently they make them eat like brains and, and like genitals and things. Like what is that? Um uh, but we're supposed to watch that and laugh? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Firstly, <laughs> The the producers of the show knew exactly what they were fucking doing. Um, it's very, very obvious that Matt Hancock has been booked, not because they think he's great or amazing or that they believe in, in the message he's spreading. Because his excuse for going on this show, by the way, is so fucking audacious and ridiculous, right? This This is what he said. He wrote a little piece in the sun and he said, girl, I want to raise the profile of my dyslexia campaign to help every dyslexic child unleash their potential, even if that means taking an unusual route to get there via the Australian jungle. So he is hiding behind dyslexic children as a shield, right? And trying to front, like, the reason he has taken this opportunity to go on this show is because he wants to stand up for dyslexic kids. He wants to campaign for them and raise awareness of of what dyslexic kids are going through. Do you know what actually would have been a better use of your time and your resources if you wanted to help dyslexic children, Matthew? Doing your fucking job as a member of parliament. Being present. I mean, you're an MP in the... Well, he's no longer an MP in the governing party, actually, because... The, the Tories have uh, suspended the whip from Matt Hancock, so he now sits, when he can be bothered to turn up, as an independent. Um, but, you know, back when he had the whip, he was a Tory MP, and he could have advocated for dyslexic kids in his role as an MP in the governing party, push for more funding to, to help dyslexic kids, to, to get them the resources that they need, um, he could have raised awareness as an MP. He could have used his position as an MP, again, in the governing party, to to reach out to actual celebrities um, to promote his campaign. In fact, there are already a number of celebrities that are dyslexic who do campaign work. So I don't know why he thinks he can offer anything that they already are not doing. Like... Girl. Anyways, so he says he's going in to the jungle to raise awareness of his little fucking campaign. Um, okay, sure. I believe you thousands wouldn't. Now, Matt Hancock is not the first um, politician to go on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here while still being in office. The most recent before him was Kezia Dugdale, who was still an MSP. Um, she was no longer leader of Scottish Labour. Um, 
I, I often wonder which is worse, being in the in the jungle or being the leader of Scottish Labour. I don't know. Um, but she um she went to uh to do I'm a celebrity while being an MSP, um. And then before that, <laughs> Nadine Doris, because of course she did. Of course, it was Mad Nads. Um, so this has happened before. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Firstly, because they are not celebrities. You can be a public figure and not be a celebrity, right? That's that's a thing. You know, there are plenty of public figures that are not celebrities. Is Chris Whitty, you remember him? Is he a celebrity? No, he's a public figure. And you don't see him fucking going off to do reality shows. No, because he's still doing his job. I... (laughs) It's just, I mean, especially now, you know, we've got a cost of living crisis going on. And Matt Hancock's like, my constituents don't need me. I'm just going to fuck off to, you know, to film a a reality show for... Apparently, the, the filming is 10 weeks. And on top of that, he already took time off previously to do the SAS Who Dares Wins thing. So this man seems to spend more time filming reality shows than he does doing his fucking job. I just... But like I said, the the producers know exactly what they were doing. I'm aware I interrupted myself for like five minutes before getting on with my point, but still. Um, Matt Hancock probably delusionally believes that, um, that, that he is you know, this is his big breakthrough moment. He's going to go there. He's going to be relatable. Everyone's going to love him. He probably thinks, oh, you know, they probably hired me because they really believe in me and, and, and they see my potential. No, Matt, the producers of this television show have booked you to appear because they know everybody fucking hates you. Okay. And the the views that this season is going to get because everybody fucking hates Matt Hancock huge on top of that right now again i i didn't know much about this show before but i've had a little look into it so you can vote for participants on the show to be part of what's called bush tucker trials which are normally where you either have to eat something gross or go through something gross. So like, you know, eating a a, a monkey brain or like, you know, being locked in a, like a coffin with like scorpions or something like that. So the viewers can vote for who they want to have to go through that, right? Now you can vote for free on their app. But you can also, I, I believe there's there's voting through phones and texts. Many of, you know, I'm sure that those options, you know, earn a bit of money for for the show, don't they? On top of that, this is a show on ITV. So they're going to earn ad revenue from this show, from, a, from people all over the UK tuning in to watch the disgraced, health secretary, the disgraced former health secretary that everybody fucking hates being tormented and tortured in a jungle. 
Of course, people are going to tune in to watch that. They are going to get their biggest figures in fucking years from this. They're also going to earn money, you know, through ads. And, and if voting, you know, if people are voting with the, the way that costs money, they're going to earn from that. Um, social media engagement is going to be huge. Every single time they tweet out a little gif or a clip of Matt Hancock being fucking tortured in a jungle, it's going to do numbers. That shit is going to be viral. You will not be able to escape that shit on your timeline because everybody's going to be sharing it, laughing about it. And like Ginny Lemon said, everybody's going to be posting memes laughing they're gonna get huge figures in terms of live tweeting and live reactions to the show (sighs) and it's all because people hate matt hancock they will try and keep him on that show as long as they can i would imagine because they are going to be able to earn so much from how much people hate this man but he's fucking delusional so he probably thinks there's that you know they think Oh, you know, he's great. He's fabulous. <laughs> we love him. Oh shit, sorry. I just I just looked it up. Apparently it's a fortnight, so it's like 2 weeks or some shit. I don't I've never watched this show. I don't know. But he'll be, he'll be gone for 2 weeks, but still, the point is if you have a job, right? An important job that you were elected to do. And your job is so important that there are people all across your community that rely on you to be their advocate, to be there for them, to to help them in times of great need, right? And then you abandon that job for a few weeks in the middle of a crisis, then you should never have had that job in the fucking first place. And what's worse is Matt Hancock actually said that he he felt flattered and naturally curious when asked to take part and feels that he can because the government is stable. No, it's not. No, it's not. And of course, we're going to go into all the ways that it's not in just a little bit. But this is what I'm saying, the fucking delusion, the absolute fucking delusion. Um... So the deputy chairman of Matt Hancock's local conservative association had this to say about their MP going on this show. I'm looking forward to him eating a kangaroo's penis. Quote me. You can quote me on that. Okay, Andy. Well, we did. He didn't seem super impressed. I don't blame him. Matt Hancock is, like I said, he's got his other little army reality show he's done um he's also put out a book the pandemic diaries the narcissism and self-obsessed behavior is off the charts with this man and what's worse right is he's doing all this for nothing right he will be laughed at ridiculed made fun of and basically used by the producers of this television show they will throw him out once they're done with him because they don't need him for nothing um and then (laughs) and then what will he have to show for it in the end you know nobody's gonna buy his fucking book nobody is gonna buy that book because why would you why would you? We all know what happened during the pandemic, Matthew. We don't need to read your highly edited and delusional diaries. Um, 
to know what happened because we were all living it in real time. Um, so we, we don't need to read your lies. We, we just don't. You know, his fucking army show, that's probably going to come to nothing. But he, he seems to genuinely believe that this is all going to lead somewhere. Maybe he's going to be, uh, I don't know, Ed Balls. So Ed Balls, former Labour politician, former Chancellor, um, he made an appearance on Strictly Come Dancing, which kind of launched his career. Now, it's important to stress that he did this after he left office, he was not abandoning any responsibilities to do so. It was just a next step he decided to take once he was out of office. Um, and so he goes on Strictly Come Dancing and people found him kind of endearing, you know, and kind of sweet, I guess. I don't know. Um, and it launched a career for him. He's done a couple of other things. He's, you know, he's done some cookbooks, I think um he's hosted a couple of shows presented that kind of stuff and I think maybe that's what Matt Hancock is aiming for I think that's what he thinks is going to happen for him the trouble is um I mean obviously in in quite recent history things that literally happened you know just a little while ago we've got all of the memories of Matt Hancock fucking over the health service, Matt Hancock fucking over the social care sector, Matt Hancock making decisions that got people killed, Matt Hancock abandoning care homes. We can all remember this. There are, there are many people across the UK and every time I think about this, genuinely, my heart breaks for them. There are people that lost loved ones because of Matt Hancock's decisions because of his choices, because he was too busy fucking about, quite literally, in his workplace, fucking whoring around to actually do anything that made any sense. So there are going to be people that have that in their minds, in their hearts. Nobody wants to see Matt Hancock pretending to be relatable. Nobody wants to see him popping up on every fucking reality show that will have him. Nobody wants to see um, a book from Matt Hancock. Nobody wants to see podcast interviews from Matt Hancock. Nobody wants to see a standalone podcast from Matt Hancock before he gets that idea. Nobody wants anything from him in that lane. He is unlikable. He is disgusting, frankly, to a number of people. He has no charisma. He doesn't have any talents you know, I mean, that's that's a traditional way to become a celebrity, just so that politicians know you have to actually be talented at something. Um, he's got no talents. He's not likable. He doesn't have a good personality. He's not charismatic. He's not a good speaker. So he can't, you know, can't sort of transition into hosting and presenting. Um, he's not attractive. There's no reason why anybody would. Would want to be a fan of his. He doesn't have anything that would make somebody want to be a fan of his. I, <laughs> what does he expect? Does he really think that he's going to be capable of creating a career for himself? Does he actually think that? I, 
he doesn't seem to understand that every opportunity he's been given currently is literally just people smarter than him knowing that having a despised politician on your show or on your podcast or whatever is going to bring clicks and hate watchers. That is literally it. He is being used by people smarter than him. And he doesn't see it. Um, so the uh, COVID-19 Bereaved Families for Justice group put out a statement in regards to this. And I very much agree with that. Um, they said Matt Hancock isn't a celebrity. He's the former health secretary who oversaw the UK having the, one of the highest death tolls in the world from COVID-19 whilst breaking his own lockdown rules. The fact that he's trying to cash in on his terrible legacy rather than showing some humility or seeking to reflect on the appalling consequences of his time in government says it all about the sort of person that he is. It really does. It really, really does. Um, there are people who who had their lives completely changed Losing someone that you love completely changes your life. And there were so many of those people going through that, that horrific change because of him, because of the, the decisions he made, because of the things that happened at his say-so. And for him to, to decide, firstly... I'm I'm going to cash in on that by writing a book and then I'm going to go on a media tour and then I'm going to go on all these reality shows. No. No. It's revolting behaviour. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, so one of, one of the points people keep bringing up, um, and this is more specific in, in, in regards to why Matt Hancock has had the whip suspended by the Conservative Party and why Boris Johnson hasn't, um, and I want to go into that because uh, that was a point that everybody kept making. They were like, why, why, you know, Boris Johnson goes on holiday and abandons his constituents all the time. But only Matt Hancock gets the whip suspended. I'm going to tell you why. Um, so <laughs> Boris Johnson going on holiday is just easier for them to hide. Like that's that's why. That's why when Boris Johnson goes on holiday, most of the time we don't find out about it until like sort of the end of the holiday or even after he's come back. Um, he's he's not known for being in the house very much as a backbencher. He's not particularly active as an MP. So frankly, his own laziness helps him a lot. Um, he's you know he doesn't really participate all that much in in debates, and you know he misses a lot of votes anyway. So. You never know if it's just he's being lazy and he's sat at home not doing anything. Well, I say not doing anything. I probably mean, you know, he's sat at home cheating on another of his wives. Um, you know, he could be doing that or he could be on holiday. You never really know with him. Um, on top of that, Boris Johnson's holidays are not broadcast live on television. So Matt Hancock is it's harder to hide and so the Tories are not suspending the whip because they have massively high standards and they won't stand for one of their MPs abandoning their constituents oh no it's literally because they cannot hide this they cannot ignore it and pretend it's not happening so they have to do something for optics they they are literally only doing this because it would look weird if they didn't um 
the, the I mean, the, this, in my opinion, is very much displayed by the fact that they didn't take the whip away from Hancock when he went to film the SAS reality show because that wasn't being broadcast live. Obviously, that's going to be broadcast at a future time, but it wasn't broadcast live at that moment. So I guess they kind of had like plausible deniability. They were like... <laughs> <laughs> what he's filming a reality show what no i don't i don't know what you mean i don't know what you mean I they could ignore it they could pretend it wasn't happening but this a live television show on live every night they they can't ignore that if it was a taped show they would absolutely try and style it out but a live show that's several weeks long <laughs> there's no way they can do it they can't so that that is why Matt Hancock uh, is is being punished and Boris Johnson isn't if he wanted to know um so what do his constituents think what what how are they feeling um so the mirror spoke to some of Matt Hancock's constituents and they had this to say so there was a guy called Roy and he wrote to Matt Hancock um, about difficulties he was having getting a disabled badge for parking. Um, and Roy has not had a response after more than two months. So even when Matt Hancock is not doing reality shows, which seems to be his entire schedule these days, he just can't be asked to do his actual job ever, it would seem. Um, I mean... <laughs> It's it's like he thinks that his job is just abandoning his constituents and not doing anything. And and this sort of shit is disgusting to me. I hate this. I I I do believe that um that being an MP is a serious job. It is um a huge responsibility. And and this is why, you know, I I get so mad at all the misconduct and all of the um, selfish, stupid behaviour. I get angry at, like, celebrities just jumping in and be like, oh, I want to fucking do it. I'll do it. I, I You know, th this sort of stuff pisses me off because, like I said earlier, an MP in a lot of cases is going to be the advocate for their community. They're going to be the person that you can turn to to get help. If they're not there... And, you know, or, or maybe they are there, but they're not doing anything. They just can't be asked. Then that leaves people without help, without support. And it's fucking disgusting. And it makes me so angry that Matt Hancock just doesn't care about that because he's off pretending to be a fucking celebrity. Um, it's revolting. Like, honestly. Um, so Roy went on to say, I wrote to him two months ago and still nothing. He wants drumming out. He's not interested in the people of West Suffolk. Ever since he got his new girlfriend and moved to London, he's abandoned us. That shit is fucking disgusting to me. Um, every single person in this constituency deserves so much better than this. Um, fucking hell. Um, so... Another of his uh, constituents, a lady called Suzanne, said, I never normally watch I'm a Celeb, but I might start if he has to complete all of those horrible tasks. <laughs> you see what I mean? I said, you know, this is going to bring in people 
um, who normally wouldn't wouldn't watch um, because they just want to see him suffer. Uh, a guy called John said, I wouldn't vote for him as an MP now. To me, it comes down to an issue of trust and you can't trust him. Fair play, John. Um, a lady called Jenny said, you wonder if he ever really cared about politics. It's incredible. I'm really shocked. Yep, exactly. A guy called Ben from the constituency said, it seems like a publicity stunt to clear his name and get him looking more human. The state the country is in at the minute, it's not a great look for him. It puts me off voting for him again. It's really inconsiderate. Agreed. So it seems Matt Hancock's constituency is united in one thing, and that is being tired of their fucking work shy loser of a member of parliament. Hope you'll all get registered to vote, besties, because you can make a difference there. You can kick him out and get someone who'll actually help you and do their job. Just saying. Uh, Peter is also fucking sick of Matt Hancock's shit, although I think they're just sick of the show in general. So Peter, which is a uh, animal rights um, activism campaign thing. Y- you know them. Um They've campaigned for years against, you know, things like, uh, you know, fur, the the fur industry, uh, the meat industry, agriculture in, in general, I think. Um, so they have been campaigning for a while against I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, uh, because of the fact that animals are are used in the show um, in, in quite uncomfortable ways. So... Uh, last year they urged viewers to boycott the show and they are calling for that again um they've also called for Anton Deck who hosts the show Anton Deck the uh tv duo um who who do that and they did Saturday Night Takeaway and they had a rap career for a while or something um they've called on them to resign from hosting the series um, and accused them of being complicit in cruelty to animals for 20 years. This show's been on the air for 20 years? Really? Fucking hell. I remember when it first started and I thought, wait, what? What? What is this? They're going to take famous people? as to- What the fuck? Wild. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that's, that's 20 series I've missed out on then, I guess. If I wanted to catch up. <laughs> It's too late. It's too late. I don't have time. Um, so they have called for the public to boycott the series um, due to the the use of animals in various parts of the show. Um, so in terms of obviously making the celebrities eat weird parts of the animals but also the use of live animals in um in trials um see i i don't like you know bugs and shit um but that being said i i, I don't want them to be in danger uh, but i i have seen sort of bits and pieces you know stuff like oh they'll be locked in a box and they've got like bugs crawling all over them and obviously i imagine there is going to be some some bad things that happen to those those insects um so yeah if 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 i were an animal advocacy group i would probably be organizing a boycott of this show too um so 
Um, there's not been a good reaction to this announcement. I don't know why he thought that there would be. Uh, probably because he's fucking delusional. Um, what do I think? Well, in the initial stages, I thought to myself, should I watch this? I've never watched this show before. It's not something that interests me. However, as somebody who is very interested in in politics and, and literally has a, a podcast about the subject, perhaps this ought to be something that I watch. But I don't think that I can. And not just because of my aversion to, <laughs> to bugs. Um, although that is a factor. I, I, I can't lie. Um... But on top of that, every single view that this show gets, every single viewer, every single vote cast for Matt Hancock, to whether it's to do a challenge or to keep him in longer or to vote for him to win, whatever it is, every single engagement with Matt Hancock-related content, as far as the show is concerned, is going to be a new opportunity for him to continue to expand on his dreadful attempts at being a celebrity. He probably, at this point, I would say, has an agent and that agent is going to be able to use all of the, the you know, the engagement figures. They can say, oh, look, well, when Matt Hancock was on I'm a Celebrity, they had this many viewers. He brought in this many viewers and he brought in this many votes and all this. And he's going to be able to use that to leverage more opportunities for Matt Hancock. Um, whoever this agent is that is <laughs> quite evilly planning to inflict him on the public, they are going to be able to use all of those metrics to justify more opportunities for Matt Hancock. So you're going to see probably more books, uh, more interviews, more podcast appearance. Like I said, he'll probably start his own podcast because uh, everybody is. Um, you know, there'll be fucking columns in magazines, him popping up to host, you know, TV shows, um, all that. And those opportunities will be able to be tracked back to this because the, the the viewing figures, the voting figures, they are all going to be used as justification. His agent will be able to go to the producers or whatever of anything and say, look, if you book Matt Hancock, you can get this, you can get these figures, right? The only way to stop Matt Hancock, <laughs> the only way to stop this man is to look away. It's like in that treehouse of horror where you, you have to not look at the big logos that are destroying the town, right? It's the same deal. Just don't look. The more that you look at Matt Hancock, the more you give him attention, the more you engage with content related to Matt Hancock, the more opportunities he will get and the more money he will make. And before you know it, he will have rebranded himself as a cuddly little fucking celebrity. It's the same kind of deal, actually, as Boris Johnson, who, despite being shit and terrible, 
managed to essentially rehabilitate his image by going on TV shows and, and you know, doing fun, cosy little TV appearances until people forgot that he was fucking dreadful. The same has happened with Anne Widdicombe. You remember her? She, oh God, she'll go to the open of a fucking envelope if it gets her some attention. And because of that, you know, her being a chaotic mess on reality TV and all that, people forgot that she was fucking atrocious when she was a Tory MP. People literally just forgot because she was all over TV. She was in, you know, she was in Big Brother, I think. You know, she would go on panel shows, all this. And she sort of rehabbed herself to be this sort of cuddly you know, little grandma or whatever. And people forgot all of the terrible things that she did when she was in government. We cannot allow Matt Hancock to have a second chance with the public. We cannot do that. So, am I watching this? No. No, I'm not. And I I would say, look, I'm... I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shame you, I'm not gonna judge you, I'm not gonna be rude to you, but, like, I'm just saying, consider, do you really need to see this? Do you really need to see this? If the cost is potentially Matt Hancock being everywhere in a couple months and then rebranding himself and successfully transitioning to become, like, some sort of c-list celeb and then just having a fresh start after everything he's done however if you really 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 can't stop yourself if you really can't stop yourself right the only thing i'd say is maybe um maybe take to the high seas do you know what i'm saying maybe um Maybe watch somewhere a little bit less reputable than than the television. Do, do you get what I'm saying? I'm saying just don't watch it, like, on the television, you know. Watch some, like, re-uploaded clips on, on like, YouTube or something. Don't, don't give, don't give ITV the viewing figures is what I'm saying. Do, do you understand? I'm sure you do. Um... Matt Hancock is apparently being paid £400,000 for this appearance. £400,000. According to nursing notes, that would be the salary of 15 nurses. So, Matt Hancock's reign of tyranny has only just begun. But we have the ability to stop it. And all you've got to do is just don't look. Don't give them the views. Don't give them the satisfaction. Say no to Matt Hancock. Welcome, weary traveller. You seem to have stumbled upon the unearthly library where all your nightmares come true. It's too late to run, so why not stick around and hear a story?
So it turns out it's not just me that is pissed about the performance of the home office because guess who else is? <laughs> it's Just Stop Oil. Their protesters sprayed the home office with orange paint from fire extinguishers. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I don't know what that does, but fine. Um, all right. Um, and now to something fucking dreadful, but something I completely expected. Um, the conversion therapy ban has been delayed. Again. Great. So the new Equalities Minister, Kemi Badenoch, has decided she wants to review the work of her predecessor, despite the fact that for some time that was literally her. Um, and she's decided that she, she's, she needs to do that before anything can move forward, even though the government has been saying that they're going to ban conversion therapy for literally fucking ever. I don't think that this ban is going to come in while the Tories are in power. I think that we will need to wait until somebody else is in power for it to happen because I don't think the Tories have any intention of actually doing it. Um, I'm aware that some people are going to think that's mean of me to say or it's unfair, but, like, I'm sorry, this is just, like, the vibe that I get. Like, this is a government that clearly can't be asked to do it. They have had every opportunity to do it and they don't want to. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They'll say that they'll do it, but they're not going to do it. Um, so I would say we're probably going to have to wait until another party is in power for that to happen. Hopefully that will be soon. Um, speaking of, of people that are clearly unsuitable for the roles that they hold in cabinet, which is very much a vibe for the Tories. Very much a vibe. Although this is more a government role than cabinet. But anyway, um, Maria Caulfield, who is... What the fuck was that? Sorry, there's a weird noise outside my house. Um, she is uh, an, one of the new ministers for women. Um, however, she also does not believe in, in women having health care, apparently. Uh, it's very pick-me energy. Um, so she wants to limit a woman's right to an abortion and has claimed that protesters that harass women outside of abortion clinics are trying to comfort them. No, 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 no. If they were trying to give those women any comfort, they would stay the fuck home and they would leave them alone and they would not be harassing them during one of the most difficult moments of their lives. Okay, so absolutely not. Oh, God. It's very on brand for Rishi Sunak to appoint a woman that wants to take the rights away from other women as minister for women like that's that's so rishi from what i can tell already of his time as prime minister just the shittest person that you can imagine for him to appoint guess what he's going to exceed your expectations and find someone even shittier like that's that's his gift i guess um let's talk former prime ministers <laughs> for a second let's talk about boris johnson you remember him your sleep paralysis demon i'm sure well boris johnson is um <laughs> boris is doing cryptocurrency things or whatever so boris johnson has been 
announced as a keynote speaker at the International Symposium on Blockchain Advancements. <laughs> cool. This man knows nothing about money except how to spend other people's. Is this really who you want? Like, okay. Um... <laughs> At least Matt Hancock won't be alone in being, you know, a, a, a British politician clearly going through a midlife crisis and getting into crypto. Okay. Um, Tory MP uh, and former Tory leadership contestant Tom Tugendhat, whose name I've never learned how to pronounce, and I'm sorry about that, is facing a driving ban for using a map on his phone while driving. What the fuck? God, the Google Maps app will like literally read the directions to you. I use it all the time. And I, I mean, I'm not driving. I'll just like use it when I'm walking. But like, why, why did you need to have it in your phone? Why do you think you're above the law? What's that about? Well, we all know why. We all know why he thinks he's above the law. I think all Tory MPs feel that at this point. <laughs> Speaking of Tory MPs um, and leadership contestants and former prime ministers, because the Tories right now, they've got a lot of very recent former prime ministers. Let's let's take a little journey back in time and spend some time with Liz Truss. Oh, Elizabeth. The crazy, crazy times we had. Leave the memories alone um, and leave her furniture alone. So when Liz Truss moved into Downing Street, apparently, Boris Johnson had taken all of the furniture. So when Liz Truss was informed at Downing Street that the Queen was very, very ill and was close to death, she had nowhere to sit down. She, she just had nowhere because Boris had just cleaned the place out. Which, I mean, I can't imagine a worse sort of first week of work. You know, you move into the accommodation you've been given. It's in a right state because the guy before you has taken all the furniture and he's put up some gaudy, ugly wallpaper. And there's probably dog shit everywhere because he used to let his dog just crap all over the floor. Um... The, the the whole nation is in a mess, so you've got a lot of work to do, but you're also not equipped to do it at all. And then someone gives you a ring and it's like, are you sitting down? And you're like, well, I can't, there's no furniture. And they're like, right, whatever, anyway, the, the queen is about to die. And you're like... Why me? Why did this have to happen to me? I mean, what a disaster for poor Liz Truss. <laughs> yeah, sorry, girl. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, Boris just took all the furniture because YOLO. YOLO. Rishi Sunak has decided to take himself to the COP27 climate summit. 
he's decided he's actually gonna go now last week he was like oh no no i can't go i'm too busy i've got things going on i've got lots of mexican coke to drink and this week he's like no 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 actually i will go maybe he heard a rumor that they would have coke there I should stress, when I say that about Rishi Sunak, I'm talking about Coca-Cola. He definitely does not have a, a problem with, with anything else. It is literally just... Like, there's nothing exciting about this man. It is literally just he's obsessed with the drink Coca-Cola and, like, this secret drink he calls Mexican Coke. Like, he's, he's, he's just a loser. Like, sorry to say. He just is. So he probably heard something like that was going on and he was like, mm, let me go. Let me actually go. <laughs> Sad cringe. Um, I don't want to talk about this next thing, but I feel like I have to because I keep avoiding it and ignoring it and I kind of have to. Um, so there is currently a conflict in the Labour Party because of course there is, you know, the Labour Party cannot exist without internal conflict, it would seem. Uh, so the, the current issue is um, around the, the, the selection or a potential selection of Eddie Izzard as a candidate for Sheffield Central and how certain women in the Labour Party feel about that. I really should stress, it is not certain that Eddie Izzard is actually going to be the candidate. There are several other people in the running, many of which also have local connections to the constituency, which I imagine is going to help them. Um, so it is not a certain, like, done thing that Eddie Izzard is even going to be the candidate. Like, I'm sure that that is what Eddie Izzard would want, but we don't know that it's happening, right? On top of that, all women shortlist? Not a thing, not happening at this moment in time. So Rosie Duffield, Labour MP, previously said that she would leave the Labour Party if Eddie Izzard was placed on an all-women shortlist. Now, I don't want to insult Rosie Duffield's intelligence, so I'm just, I'm just going to say that I'm pretty sure she knew that wasn't going to happen because they are no longer being used by the Labour Party. Um, so uh, it felt like a bit of an empty thing to say. Like, she's just saying it for the sake of it to, you know, make a big thing. And it's like, but girl, you and I both know that's not going to happen, sweetheart. Come on. Um, it's it's difficult because I, I have a, a lot of, a lot of respect for Rosie Duffield's work as an MP. She is pretty much the only MP in Kent that is not a government sycophant. And I really appreciate that. But sometimes uh, she she does things and I just think to myself, girl, really? Girl, really? Really, girl? Really? Anyway, um, so this is kicked off again this week. Uh, Rosie Duffield, I think she was she was speaking at an event and she said, you might as well arrest me now. I am not calling Eddie Izzard a woman. Um... Okay, um, I don't think she's going to be arrested for that. Um, that I that I know of. 
I mean, she she has said, you know, several several things to that effect already, and nobody has arrested her. Unless unless that's happening right now, and I don't know about it. <laughs> Let me listen out for some sirens. Canterbury's a little while away, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, nobody's gonna arrest you for not calling Eddie as odd a woman, sweetheart. Like it's not gonna happen. And again, this very much seems like the thing before. You know, I will leave the party if Eddie Izzard is put on an all women shortlist. But girl, you know that's not gonna happen. And you know you're not going to be arrested for, for not calling Eddie Izzard a woman. That's that's not going to happen either. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so she got into a bit of a, a conflict with somebody um, on Twitter about this. Um, and then... Uh, somebody replied in support of her and said, if the intolerant brigade are successful in having the whip withdrawn from you, I think there will be a lot of people who will just walk away in disgust. You have every right to hold your opinion and you have every right to articulate it. And then she replied and she said, if the whip was to be withdrawn because of my feminist gender critical beliefs, the party would be on very shaky legal ground. Since that, I'm going to pronounce this woman's name wrong and I'm real sorry about that. For for state case for state something like that anyway there was this case basically where this lady um she she was uh she didn't have a contract renewed at work she was like freelancing and they didn't renew her contract because she was gender critical um and she went to a tribunal and she like they basically agreed with her that she had a right to have those opinions and that they should not they should not have um, declined to renew the contract because of her gender critical views. It had to be something to do with her work, basically, rather than her gender critical beliefs or something. I, I'm not a lawyer, okay, so I, <laughs> I may have interpreted that wrong, but that was my understanding of the situation. And I suppose, in a sense... Rosie Duffield is correct in that if the whip was to be withdrawn because of her gender critical beliefs, the Labour Party could find themselves in some difficulty. However, I don't think it would be legal difficulty. Because, I mean, they, they can withdraw the whip for literally any reason. Um, I mean... Jeremy Corbyn, who this week, by the way, proudly asserted that he is living rent free in Rishi Sunak's head, which is kind of true. <laughs> he kind of is. Rishi Sunak sort of obsessively mentions Jeremy Corbyn. Um, Jeremy Corbyn had the whip withdrawn and has not successfully got it back. Um, he's tried legal routes, I believe. Nothing has happened. He's still not a member of, of the Parliamentary Labour Party and there is nothing really that he can do about that. And so I imagine that if the Labour Party wanted to take the whip from Rosie Duffield for her gender critical beliefs, they could do that and legally they you know there would be no real recourse for her. I would imagine Labour would get a lot of shit from gender-critical people who would be 
um, you know, potentially boycotting labour or something like that. But in terms of legal problems, I don't really think that that would be the case. However, however, girl, it's not going to happen. If, if the Labour Party were going to remove the whip from Rosie Duffield, they would have done it by now and they haven't. It's not going to happen. And I feel deep down, she knows it's not going to happen. So I don't know why she keeps saying it like it's going to happen. It's not going to happen, girl. It's not. It's it's not. Now, whether whether that's right or wrong, I'm... I I fucking wash my hands of the Labour Party ain't none of my business I don't want to be involved in Labour Party nonsense it's not my problem not my circus, not my monkeys not my hellscape I, I am a demon that inhibits a different realm okay not my problem um, you know you can have arguments about whether the Labour Party should withdraw the whip from Rosie Duffield or not but the fact is they haven't and they're probably not going to they're probably not going to um but she keeps kind of talking in this sort of you know worried way as if it's going to happen and it's not going to happen she's not going to be arrested for her opinions either I I don't understand why she keeps talking as if, you know, the police are camped out outside of her door and Keir Starmer is there with them and he's like, right, you go in and you arrest her, bring her out and do all that and then I'll remove the whip and then, I don't know, we'll all go and donate some money to mermaids or something. Like, I, I just, I don't... <sighs> I don't think anyone is 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 going to do the things that that she believes are going to happen like I'm just saying I'm just saying um it seems a, a bit of a storm in a bucket or something anyway moving on to an actual thing that is happening or or is not depending on your perspective um Rishi Sunak has quietly announced um, that all of the promises he made during the leadership campaign and all of the promises in the 2019 Conservative Party manifesto may not now come to pass. Um, He has committed to the sentiment of the manifesto and his campaign pledges, but he's considering whether now is the right time to keep his promises. I don't think this man understands how a promise works. So yet again, we have a situation where people who voted Conservative in 2019, that mandate that they gave... God, I mean, it was like seven prime ministers ago or something. uh, You know, the the mandate that they gave, it's no longer real because they're not going to get what they were promised. You know, and some people, they'll say, oh, but, you know, elections, you know, you never know. You might not get what you promised. Right, but you should be. The standard should be that if you vote for a party and they say they're going to do something, they should fucking do it. We should not accept that the parties lie and nobody knows if they're going to get what they were promised. They should get it. If you vote for something because you're told something's going to happen, you should get it, right? Uh, look, for example, I, I didn't vote for Brexit. I voted the opposite way. That being said, 
well, they, I mean, they, they got a Brexit. They didn't get the Brexit they were promised, I don't think. But, you know, an attempt was made to give people a type of Brexit, right? And it should be the same for literally everything people vote for. If you vote for a government and they tell you, okay, so we're going to protect pensions and we're going to invest in the North and we're going to give everybody a free PS5, they should fucking do it. I'm sorry, I don't understand why why people are expected to not expect that. Like, God. It sets a really bad precedent, in my opinion, and we are in a bad situation where a prime minister feels he can just rip up all of the things he promised and be like, mm, nah, I don't know. I don't really feel like it. I know it said I was going to do it, but like, I don't really feel like it. I just can't really be asked. I don't want to. Like, I just think that's that's just dastardly, frankly. Just a little bit disgusting. Um. Oh, God. Not this. So, um, this happened in Kent, man. I'm so embarrassed. Um, so, a bonfire society in Kent unveiled Liz Truss as the celebrity guy for their bonfire. Oh, my God. Um, so, Edenbridge Bonfire Society built an 11 metre high effigy of Liz Truss with a laughing lettuce on her shoulder. Oh my God. And a cardboard box with a leaving card. Oh my God. What is that? A, a t-shirt that says, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. A severance check. A handbag. A hat, a copy of her mini budget. God. Oh, my God. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this was prepared to be burnt in their bonfire. Apparently, this is something that happens quite a lot in Edenbridge. I mean, it's not always Liz Truss, obviously. Um, but previous people they've had on their bonfire have been effigies of people, I should state. Like, they haven't been burning people. Um, John Burko, Boris Johnson, Harvey Weinstein, Donald Trump, Katie Hopkins, Russell Brand, Jonathan Ross. Okay. Tony Blair, Katie Price, Wayne Rooney, Lance Armstrong and Robinson and Saddam Hussein. Right. Um, and there's been a, a lot of debate as to whether it's acceptable for this to happen. Um, there is an argument that they raise a lot of money. Um, they, they, they aimed this year to raise £5,000 for local charities. Um, and so some people would say, you know, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a bit of fun. We're obviously not burning the real person, um, you know, and we're raising money for charity. However, I, I can see it on the other side. Like, if it was me, I would feel some type of fucking way 
about people burning a literal structure that is obviously supposed to be me. Like, I would I would not feel good about that. I would not feel good about that. Um, and I'd imagine Liz Trust doesn't feel great about it either, obviously. Um, especially when you, when you look at the list and, like, some people... I think it's just like, oh, it's just like an annoying person. Like, you know, Russell Brand is just kind of annoying. Jonathan Ross is just kind of annoying. You know, Katie Price is, I mean, she's a bit cringe, but, you know. But then it's like, do those people deserve to be in the same company as like Saddam Hussein or Harvey Weinstein? Not really. Uh <laughs> I can't get over that man. Saddam Hussein, what the fuck? Um The the fire was just near me, like they just it was just a sort of a faceless guy. I mean they made a couple of jokes about how, you know, they were hoping to burn the guy and not the actual mayor who'd come to light the bonfire, which um I th I think I think the mayor was hoping that less people would would sort of laugh wickedly at that moment but you know you can't always get what you want uh <laughs> uh i i understand obviously people are deeply frustrated with with Liz Truss um and many conservative MPs i don't know about the ethics of of burning images of them i don't know i think obviously there's a stark difference between that and burning the real person. But I also, I don't know. I think it's a, it's one of those ethical questions, isn't it? I don't know. However, there are some things that are very fucking cut and dry, which we're going to talk about right now. So Rosie Cooper, who is a Labour MP, um, there was previously a, a plan by a far-right group to assassinate her. Um... Thankfully, it was it was stopped in time and she is alive and well. She has actually announced that she is going to be stepping down uh, at the next election. So I hope that she has a lovely rest of her life. Um, however, a TV drama by ITV... ITV are, are, are getting... <laughs> they're getting on the nerves of a lot of politicians this week it seems uh itv have created a series dramatizing that event um and she's not happy with that so she uh she said i have been used as a marketing tool by both hope not hate and itv what excuse is there for a press release that says who is rosie cooper and who wanted to murder her there is no defence to that, so let's test the public defence, the public interest defence, to their dis despicable behaviour. And I call on Hope Not Hate and ITV to donate all money and profits generated from this TV series, both home and abroad. Every single penny should go to the Joe Cox Foundation. So that's an organisation that was set up um, after the murder of Labour MP Joe Cox in 2016. Um, so... She is quite obviously upset by this by this TV show. Um, so Hope Not Hate was a campaign group um, 
and they they do a lot of work and and obviously they they were a key part of infiltrating the far right group that planned the attack uh on Rosie Cooper and they were a key part in in helping to stop that and that's that's great however i think she has a fucking point in that by being a part of this tv show putting out these press releases they are kind of dining out on what is probably one of the most traumatic things that has ever happened to this woman and she has a right to feel how she wants to feel um she has a right to to say hey maybe i don't want for this to happen maybe i don't want there to be a tv show about a very horrible thing that happened to me does this need to be made i don't think that it does you know it's her life and she has a right to say that um i i i think that's fucking fair i really do um it's got um oh my god it's like a this is england reunion it's got um Stephen Graham in it. I love him. He's great in everything though. Um Wow. Okay. Um But she's she's not happy. She's not happy. And I I I do completely sympathize. Um because like I said, this is this is one of the most horrific moments of her life and and for that to just be splashed across the tv i think it's it's insensitive it's it's gross and you know i'm just i i'm just saying as as well and and like i said like and i don't mean to be cruel to the people of this organization but it, it let me just read you what they said in response. So they said, we sympathise with Rosie Cooper for everything she's been through in recent years. No one should endure murder threats simply for doing their job. Clearly, we are disappointed to hear Rosie's words in the chamber today. In 2017, several members of our organisation worked tirelessly and at tremendous sacrifice to themselves to foil the murder plot against Rosie Cooper. We cannot change what's happened to Rosie Cooper, but we can continue to work to tackle far-right extremism. Right, cool, but she does not owe anybody the fucking, the, firstly, the TV rights to her life, and and she doesn't owe you enduring and forever thank yous. I'm sure she did say thank you. I'm sure that she was grateful but she went through something horrific and to try and pile all this guilt on her oh we worked tirelessly we sacrificed we did this we did that she didn't she didn't firstly she didn't ask for for any of this to happen to her she didn't she just didn't and at some point you you have to accept that she's going to want to move on with her life she doesn't want this to be her whole life she wants to move on she wants to be able to just have a normal life and be a normal person and not be you know forever remembered as as what this show is going to portray maybe you know maybe she's got like i i mean i don't know too much about her personal life and frankly i don't need to know but maybe she's got kids maybe she's got family and friends 
that she doesn't want to be constantly reminded of this. Um, maybe she herself doesn't want to be constantly fucking reminded of this. Maybe when she's walking down the street or she goes into the shop, she doesn't want to have people coming up to her and reminding her of this because they've seen this TV show. I'm just saying, I feel like, you know, just have a little fucking empathy for this woman who went through something horrific. Just have a little empathy. It's not hard. Anyway, uh, <laughs> complete change of subject. You know how this goes. <laughs> so this week, um, as part of the opposition day at Westminster, there was a debate and a vote on Scottish independence. Um, and it actually, the motion passed uh, that that Scotland must be independent for economic stability. Um, I would imagine the government's going to ignore it because that's just what they do. Uh, <laughs> however, it was it was quite an interesting moment and I found a lot of moments in the debate incredibly interesting and I as I always do when I when I watch when I watch debates, I I, I I learned a lot and I had a good time. So, um, like I said, I think the government is going to ignore that vote, but they may not have the opportunity to continue to ignore things for much longer. There is currently a, a case um, we're waiting for a result of that from the Supreme Court in regards to um, a potential referendum in Scotland so we'll see what happens with that um and of course let's not forget the the party that is currently the Scottish government literally was was voted on uh on the principle of having a referendum so they actually do have a mandate let's uh let's see if they will be allowed insane but it is what it is allowed to keep their promise to the voters we'll see we'll see uh Andrew Bridgen a Tory MP and a very loud man, very loud, obnoxiously loud, um, is to be suspended from Parliament for breaching lobbying rules. Um, it turns out sometimes there are consequences to your actions if you're a Tory. Not often, but sometimes. Uh, so he'll be suspended for five sitting days over a careless and cavalier attitude to the rules on lobbying. Oh, I'm sure that'll teach him. I'm sure he'll never do it again. He will. That was an attempt at sarcasm. I'm not very good at it, but you know what I mean. But, I mean, this is the problem. There is such little in the way of um, actual consequences. Like, oh, he's suspended for five days. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's still going to do what he was doing. He he will, like, I promise you. Because he knows that all that's going to happen to him is he might get suspended again for a few days. He still gets to keep his cushy little job and all of the access that makes him a prime target for lobbyists. He's going to keep all of that. So, well done. You really showed him. Um, in Northern Ireland, uh, there will not be an update uh, on the election before Christmas so the Secretary of State has confirmed that anything that happens is going to happen um, 
after Christmas. So no Christmas selection. Which, in a way, maybe that's good. Because it gives people a bit of time. But also not good because it, it creates another barrier between having a stable government and, and the people of Northern Ireland, which is what we don't want. Um, again, we're just sort of hoping that that something will be sorted for people. But is that going to happen? Your guess is as good as mine, my friends. We don't know. We don't know. But what we do know, what we do know is Gavin Williamson is completely unsuitable for anything. And I've been saying this for a very long time. You remember back when everyone used to compare him with uh, with Frank from Some Mothers Do Have Him? And I was like, ah, uh-uh, I'm not fucking having this. Frank is a good man. Frank Spencer is a good man. I won't have this. And Gavin Williamson, not a good man. Well, guess what? I was right. I love being right. I love being vindicated. Love that for me. Um, so there was a complaint made of bullying from Gavin Williamson uh, to former chief whip Wendy Morton. Um, and this involves abusive text messages that Gavin Williamson sent to Wendy Morton um, complaining that he had been excluded from the Queen's funeral. You didn't even know her. You didn't even know her like that. Why do you even need to go? But anyway, um, so he uh, used abusive language um and and threatening language as well um and what's worse is that Rishi Sunak was aware of this and still elevated this man into his government because of course he did now the government is saying that Rishi Sunak didn't know about it but like I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that. Uh, primarily because... <laughs> primarily because... Um, the former party chairman, Jake Berry, did kind of reveal that he had given Rishi the tea. Um, and Rishi still did what he wanted to do. Because, like I said, that seems to be the vibe for Rishi Sunak. He does what he wants and he doesn't really care what happens. He just He just does what he fucking wants. Um, which, in my opinion, is not acceptable. You should not have a a fucking prime minister that just does what he wants. Like, that's, that's not, that's insane. That's fucking insane. Um, so Gavin Williamson is currently the Minister of State... Uh, Minister Without Portfolio. Is that going to be the case? Well, with what we know of Rishi as Prime Minister, probably. Because he does not seem to be bothered about anything. He's still got Suella Braverman 
as his fucking home secretary. So why wouldn't he keep Gavin Williamson in government? Even though Gavin Williamson is, from what we can see from these messages, an abusive, disgusting, vile person, why wouldn't he keep him? Because Rishi Sunak has no standards. He has no standards. He does not give a fuck. He just he just does what he wants. He just does what he fucking wants. So I wouldn't be surprised if Gavin stayed in government for a long fucking time. So next month, November 7th, there is an interesting event happening that you may be interested in. So yes, London is holding an event called Scotland's Future, England's Future. And the whole point is they're going to have a little discussion about the implications of a second independence referendum for English democracy. There's a great panel featuring AC Grayling, Gemma Forte, Gavin Esler, and Alan Smith. And it's gonna be real cool, real fun, and I think you'd really love it. You can attend the event in person. I'll put the link for tickets in the description. And for my besties that can't get to London, the event is also being live streamed. It's gonna be real interesting, real intriguing, and real fun. I'll see you there. Okay, so we talked last week about Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, who has been told very, very clearly that she is breaking the law by detaining asylum seekers, right? So this week, a processing centre in Dover was attacked Um, It's now being looked at by police as a terror incident. It wasn't before. I don't know why that was because it seems pretty obvious um, that that was the case. Um, So a man... Fuck. Um, A man threw petrol bombs at the processing centre... Um, He then later took his own life. Um, And it it has been discovered. There's been a lot of a lot of his online content and everything like that that has been discovered by, you know, by journalists. And it, it does seem very much that he was somebody who had been radicalized, um, who was kind of captured by this far-right rhetoric, this um, obsessional sort of hatred of of anybody who is not British-born, 
you know, and, and a particular focus on uh, refugees and asylum seekers. Um, and this is something that has been ramped up by the government. Um, the MP for Dover herself, Natalie Elphick, um, wrote an article for the Mail Online. Um, one of the quotes from that is, is this. Our border is our front door. No one has the right to walk in uninvited. The Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, referred to uh, asylum seekers as an invasion. And then they wonder how members of the public can become radicalised to the point where they become violent. It's obvious how this has happened. Um, so what kind of unfolded from that um, that attack uh, on Sunday was a great number of, of stories that exposed horrific things happening at the Home Office. Um, so it was revealed that Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, personally made the decision to stop booking hotels for for people that that were being detained. So she was not booking accommodation. She was not willing to pay for that out of the Home Office budget. And that led to them being detained at processing centres when they shouldn't have been, which was illegal. Um, I mean... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Apparently, uh, according to a Home Office source... Suella Braverman refused to sign off on the hotel bookings because they the hotels were in Tory constituencies. So, literally, just fucking playing politics with people's safety, with people's lives. Keeping people detained because she'd rather do that than place them in hotels that happen to have a, a Tory MP in the constituency just disgusting man oh, fucking hell. so a lot of people have been have been talking about um about overcrowding at the processing centers um and the Home Office said that they were they were going to look into the issue um, and they were going to solve the problem of overcrowding. But how did they do that? Well, they gathered several asylum seekers onto a bus and they drove them into central London and they abandoned them on the streets. I wish that I, I was I was joking or I was being dramatic. I wish that this was not a thing that really happened. Genuinely, I do, because it is one of the most horrific things I've ever heard. It's absolutely disgusting to me. They 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 grabbed some of the asylum seekers, put them on a bus, didn't tell them where they were going, didn't tell them what was going on. 
they took them up to Victoria train station on on Tuesday night and just left them there. Just just got them off the bus and left them there. It's absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And it has apparently happened more than once. So um, journalists spoke to a witness who said that the same thing had happened on Saturday night as well. 11pm, just a bus pulls up and these people are just taken off the bus and left by the train station with nothing. They didn't have any warm clothes. They didn't have money, food, um, any indication of where they could go for help. They hadn't even been told where it was that they were. And uh, listen, like I, I love London and I, I can find my way around relatively well, but I, I, I'm very aware that sometimes if you're, if you're going to London for the first time, because it's so big and because, you know, it, it's just, it's a massive city. I think people really underestimate how big London can be, even just central London. It can be very confusing to find your way around and very disorientating, even though there are, you know, maps and stuff and signs. Even with that, sometimes it can be really confusing to find your way around. Um, so how how were these people supposed to do anything how they were literally just dumped in the street just just abandoned in in the it, it's night time it's winter it's freezing cold probably raining because this is england just left on the streets outside of a train station no help no support no guidance nothing no warm clothes no food no no concern for you know if they need medication what happens if they get injured what happens if they get lost what happens if they get attacked just left on the street and it fell to um to charity volunteers to help these people um they they found them and they were able to get them food and shelter but that shouldn't be the case it shouldn't be that charity workers are having to do this because the home office has a legal obligation they cannot just take people out of an overcrowded processing center and dump them on the streets to solve the overcrowding problem. They have to actually start processing people's applications. They have to start booking the accommodation that they apparently don't want to fucking pay for. That's what they have to do. They cannot just take people and dump them with nothing on the fucking streets of London. That's... I, I can't believe... That this is a thing that the Home Secretary apparently doesn't know. I... God. 
the government line the next day after this investigation came out was that it was it was a mistake but it won't happen again how do we know that how can we trust the home office ever again that it's obvious it's obvious there there are trust issues there in my opinion and when it comes to to this whole situation it really does seem like seemingly everybody in the conservative party is trying to do the absolute worst that they can at all times uh jonathan gullis a conservative mp um just hours 48 hours after a processing center was attacked by a terrorist jonathan gullis on television names a hotel where asylum seekers were staying inviting more people to attack them and i mean that that's not even a a, a new thing that happens because um and a number of people that work for um charities that support asylum seekers can tell you this and have spoken about this this week the hotels and the accommodations where asylum seekers stay are quite often found and targeted by far right activists they will they will be you know they'll all bus in together and then they will you know stand in the car park throwing things at the windows shouting screaming they will attack anyone that they see there's been videos of far right groups literally running into the hotels and 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 going through trying to find asylum seekers to attack that's already happening without the additional threat of of people firebombing where asylum seekers are and this tory mp just goes on the news and just openly reveals where asylum seekers are staying i i'm sorry but i don't believe that that is a decision brought about by his stupidity i i genuinely in my heart believe he did that on purpose knowing that it would endanger them and i know some people are going to think that's harsh of me and uh, i should you know i should try and give him the benefit of the doubt but i'm sorry but no i don't nobody is stupid enough to go on television and reveal the location of vulnerable people just hours after they were attacked. Nobody does that because they're thick. They do it because they're fucking malicious. Like, that's... I'm sorry, that's just how I feel. Um, it's just... Like I said, it really seems like everybody in the Conservative Party is is desperate to to just fuck up at every moment to the point where, like I said, it does kind of feel malicious. Um, it was reported that at the Manston Asylum uh, Centre, contractors who were working for the Home Office had to be removed um, as they were using the opportunity of working there to try and sell drugs to asylum seekers who made complaints the asylum seekers complained because they were they were basically being harassed by these contractors who were trying to to get them to buy drugs um and it was oh my god 
there was a a story reported as well this week about a teenage boy who was allegedly raped um in home office accommodation and that there was another sexual assault against a child that took place in the same the same facility um And that this may have happened and, and been able to, to happen due to overcrowding and the unsafe environment. Um, because, because there's such a hold up with applications, because the Home Secretary is playing games and deciding, oh, well, you know, I can just not book accommodation for people, just fuck it off, I'll just do it later. Um, oh, I'm just, I'm not going to bother, you know, entertaining, doing my job or anything, I'm just going to fuck about. And that's leading to this overcrowding, to these dangerous conditions. But these are real people. These are people's lives. And I'm sorry, but she cannot... If if she doesn't want to do the job, then she should fucking resign again and let somebody else do it. Because it's very obvious to me that she doesn't actually want to do anything involved with being Home Secretary. She doesn't want to, you know, book the accommodation she's got to do. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't want her department to be processing applications. She, she doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to engage with reality and look at the fucking situation in front of her and do something about it. She she just doesn't want to. She doesn't want to. And so she's just trying to put everything on ice for as long as she can. And that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. Um, she needs to grow up. If she doesn't want to do her job, she should stand down and let somebody else do it. But she's not going to do that because she strikes me as a narcissist. And the reason I say that is because... <sighs> Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, decided to travel by fucking helicopter to a visit uh, at Manston Asylum Centre um, this week. Despite being in... The visit she did before that was in Dover, which is like half-hour drive. It's probably even less on the train. And she decided to take a helicopter a fucking helicopter. I... Girl. Girl. I... It's the fucking narcissism for me. It's the actual fucking narcissism for me. Because... The shit is just ridiculous. Is she fucking allergic to cars now? Like, what the fuck is this? It would have been so simple, so easy for her to just drive, whatever. But no, she has to be... She has to have her big moment, feel special. It is something that I've noticed a lot with 
you know, Tory ministers, Tories in the cabinet, a lot of the time they want to have a big show. They want to feel special when they're doing their jobs. We saw it with Liz Truss when she was at the Foreign Office. You know, she wanted Foreign Office money to be spent on lovely, you know, evenings out for her and dinners and drinks parties and adult colouring books and and all this. You know, she wanted all of the perks. Um... Boris Johnson, of course, is probably the biggest fucking example of this. That bitch wanted everything. If there was something, he would take it. He wanted to be spoiled and treated like a fucking princess while doing his job. And Suella Braverman, again, same thing applies. She doesn't want to actually do the job, but she wants to be carried around in a helicopter like she's Lady Gaga in the video for that song she did for Top Gun. And she wants to fucking... uh, walk around like a fucking influencer and all this shit but she doesn't want to actually do her job despite the fact that her job people rely on her people's safety is in the balance and she she doesn't want to do it she just does not want to fucking do it it's disgusting absolutely disgusting and again like i said last week this really calls into question rishi sunak's judgment as a whole because how can he be okay with this? She's out here representing your government. You can sit there and you can say anything you want. But the truth is, this reflects on you. And it reflects pretty fucking badly. Okay, besties, that's all for this week. But I will catch you again next week. Oh, and stick around for the new outro. Because like I said, it's new, it's improved, it's refreshed, she's new. Anyway, I (laughs) I will catch you again next week. Um, And I'm sure we'll have lots more to talk about. Love you, bye. Thanks for listening, bestie. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I will see you again next time for a new episode of... What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK taxpayer. Russia should go away. It should shut up. In try that's, that's a dodgy view. And if you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to Pads? I've been been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, what the actual fuck?